Okay, let's find out about it. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host Mariah, this is your host Bailey. And I'm drinking. And we're drinking, we're drinking, we're drinking our wine. I'm a big ass fucking goblet of a cup. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of wine glasses because we've left them on the pod shed for the past few weeks, so... B has a very long stem giant wine glass. But it's not only that. So the most terrifying part is, one, the stem is very long. I know. It's very tricky. And the bottom, the base of the glass is exactly the same width as the side of the futon. Yes. There's zero give and take on this. I know. That's why I gave it to you because you have a table. I know. It's just, it's crazy and it's very top heavy. (laughs) We're just waiting for B to drop it, you guys. So look forward to that. A tonight. spill is coming. Anyways, what's going on? Act like we haven't just been talking for a half hour straight. I know, but we've been talking about real life, and that's boring. Yeah, no y'all don't want to hear talk. about yeah. my real life right no now. No one wants to talk about real life. So um, I'd like to thank you for You're your welcome. recommendation of The Chestnut Man. <gasps> Did you watch it? In fucking hailed it. Inhaled so good. It. I think I watched it in two sittings. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I watched it in a weekend. Yeah, I couldn't not watch it. I watched it on my cell phone. So my only critique is that it was visually a little dark at some points. So yeah. I was like really trying to like, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. You know, but other than that, it's brilliant. Did you try turning the screen uh, brightness up? I, oh, it was max. Oh, okay. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Because sometimes I forget and then I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I made sure it was up on my phone and up on my Netflix app and it was still like All right. when they're in like, those weird basement type yeah. things, you're like, oh, It's supposed what? to be dark though, right? Yeah. You're supposed mm-hmm. to not know exactly what's going on. Yeah, no, very good. So good. Yeah. Subtitles, be damned. It didn't matter. Did not matter. No. Yep. That's what I told you. You get so into it. Like you could serve this to me however you want it. And I'm mm-hmm. going to watch it. Yeah. That was really good. So um, they are making a season two, I believe. Oh, good. Because they kind of, I mean, spoiler alert, everybody for the chestnut man. They do leave it open to the possibility because the that guy gets out of the <laughs> nut house. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that guy who everyone thought did it, he ends up walking. Correct. So I think. What I kind of read, the whisperings online, is that's what season two, that's how they get the detectives back together, is because that guy will start acting up. Well, and they left that, like, lingering sexual tension between the two of them at the end, where it's like, just kill. I know that it's basically the killing all over again, but I love it. I know. I love that format. Like, even down to the, like, messy female lead detective Mm -hmm. with her sweaters and her fucked up life. Constant top bun with the perfect messy bang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Falling for the rose. So pretty, unpretty. Detective. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so great. Yeah, it was really good. Kind of makes me want to watch the original Killing. The. Yeah. Nether- the- is that the Netherlands? So this, the Chestnut Man, is for sure Sweden. Yeah. Is that part of the Netherlands, though? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I th- I think the Killing is too. So um, makes me kind of want to go back and watch the original Killing. Yeah, I agree. It was really, really good. I and I had it not been for your recommendation, I absolutely would have just been like, skip. Yeah, yeah. Not into it. All right. Ready for silly news? Silly news of the week. Well, first, top of the notch, Brianna gave birth on Friday the 13th. Oh, I forgot it was Friday the 13th. Yeah. I just know that Brianna gave birth. No, Friday the 13th. To I, what's going to be the best looking child of all time. And apparently already the richest. I think I read like on Friday that it's already the richest Hollywood baby. Really? I don't know how that's possible. More than Kim and they Kanye? Said, they said even more than Stormy. 
Stormy's fine because Stormy has, but I think both Kim and Kanye are billionaires. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Richest baby. Why? Well, listen, yeah. we'll have to do some deeper digging and get back to y'all. I know you guys really care a lot. Uh, I love it because Nick sent me this and I had already seen it. Deflowered. Cambodian government begs people to stop picking rare carnivorous penis plant. <laughs> You're joking. What? That doesn't even make sense. Oh, look, at the, look at the plant. Oh, I would pick that thing so, in a second. But that's it. Like, it's like, you know how when the tulips all bloom and people go rush to take pictures, yeah. but then they end up like trampling the flowers yeah. and the people are like, fuck, stop with yeah, the pictures. Yeah. Same difference. No, I get it. Penis plant. Why is it carnivorous? It eats each other. Right. That's what I want to know. Um, And then I like that this popped up briefly when the world was collapsing during the Panini, how UFOs are real, right? Yeah. Well, it's getting deep. Apparently, the Pentagon shows Congress declassified videos um, of 400 unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, they changed the name of it because it's so real that they're like, oh, UFO is too scary. We have to say something else. And now, like, three former U.S. cavalry men are coming forward saying shit that they saw at the Egypt border and, like shit's going down yeah i mean at this point i feel like honest to god controversial opinion if you don't believe in aliens i think you're like, a fucking moron it's crazy right you're stupid and also the um i believe the former israeli prime minister before he left office a few years back started spilling the tea and he was like fuck that if i'm out of here let me tell you guys what's really going on he said that aliens are 100 percent real he said that they're actually here and they walk among us along our government officials and everything and so on top of that i was flipping through tiktok and a medium came up and they're like i get asked this question a lot like what's the most common thing i hear from the other side like when they're doing readings this and that and it's that ufos aliens that they're real yeah it'll be like you know mom and dad nice chat good catching up with you and oh before i leave hey by the way aliens are real that's crazy yeah they're like more than not that is what people from the other side are coming to tell us like dude how did we not see this the whole time girl i've been seeing it (laughs) so i love how we want to waste time trying to hide this kind of shit but we're spending real time and money at John Hopkins University where students have invented edible taste to help keep burritos together. Oh, edible tape. Tape. Sorry, taste. <laughs> taste. I was like, uh-huh. No, edible tape. To keep burritos together. That's, that's, I'm still not going to eat it. What the fuck? We have world hunger. Also, climate change. John Hopkins University at? Who fucking cares? Not California. My point is, uh, come to California. We they wrap our burritos just fine, Ra- and we're all we don't need fucking tape. Yeah, you just need real Hispanic people to wrap your burritos, and you'll be okay. All right. So what? Let's talk about first world problems. Also, did you see a picture of the tape? It looks disgusting. It does. It really. It's like blue or it's like looks shit. like blue mold. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm, I still want to eat that. There's uh-huh. all kinds of food that I don't eat. You think I'm gonna start eating edible tape? You know who might eat it. Your mom. Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or his Ted Bundy obsessed British guitarist at age 24 who calmly handed himself in three days after bludgeoning an 18-year-old girl to death to live out his fantasy murder. Oh, boy. how <laughs> I wonder how it felt for him. Right. 
So I always like to reference our good old Kanye West of serial killers. Kanye West of serial killers, TB. Mm. Someone who wishes they were as cool as Kanye West. Heidi Montag's back in the news. (laughs) Didn't Spencer Pratt say that he should have been Kim Kardashian? Who fucking knows? No, there was like something. Yeah, probably. He said some bullshit. I have no idea what it was. Like, oh, MTV or E came to me first. Yeah, something like that. He's like, I should have been Kim Kardashian. If they had seen my true talent on whatever, Luna Guna. (laughs) Anyway, so Heidi from the Hills is saying that she's now embarking on a new career as a real estate agent because she's, quote unquote, tired of waiting on TV money. Oh, sorry, Heidi. How long have y'all been waiting? (laughs) It's been a whole minute, huh? Well, you know, after her music career got stolen by Lady Gaga. Right. Remember? And then their their TV career got stolen by the Kardashians, apparently. Yes. Also, just get an OnlyFans, sis. For real. Or or God forbid, just get a fucking real job. Well, she is a real estate agent. Yeah, exactly. So she's doing it. Because she's tired of waiting on TV money. I would get an OnlyFans if I were her. All right. So on a past episode, we gave a brief review of the latest Jackass movie Mm -hmm. where you and I both kind of like reminisced how much we missed seeing Ryan and Bam. Right. Well, I'm happy to announce that Bam has finally completed one year rehab. Okay. For alcohol and drug abuse. And he is once again living with his family in Florida. So uh, Florida. Wait, I don't know why Florida, but. They must have moved. Yeah. He, but okay, he's with his okay, four-year-old okay. and his wife. One year clean. So. Oh, Florida is the best place for him to be. Yeah, we can only do so much. But way to go, Bam. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, on our most recent episode 69, I had mentioned the body in the barrel that popped up in Vegas. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I guess they have maybe linked it to a notorious mafia hitman, Tony Spilatro. Oh. And he inspired the Joe Pesci role in Casino. Oh. And can be linked to like three other missing gangsters. I mean, so. say less. We'll do Casino one day. I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. That's a great character. So, hey, there we go. We got lots of news. There's we got lots news. of past referenced episodes. Man, we're so, killing it. Let's cheers, my love. Whew. We got a lot going on right to now. a night in the pod shed. Thank God. I really needed a night in the pod shed. Oh. Happy to be here with you guys. It's starting to heat up. It is starting to get a little warm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not too bad. No. Not unbearable. No, not yet. Not, we have to do it on, in my bedroom because the AC has to be on. Be- the computer will die. It will seizure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our weather's been pretty mild so far, so I'm, I'm hoping that well, either... Isn't it still spring? Yeah, but normally for us... Yeah, I know. It's like hot, hot right now. Especially with um, Memorial Day right around the corner. <sighs> yes, the school year's about to end, which is crazy. Like, I didn't even realize it. Like, I know... When the school year ends, and I know what week it is now, but I didn't put the two together. Like, I was blocking things out on my work schedule because I have my older kids. It's like class play, spring recital, fucking little league championship, and this and that, and all Mm -hmm. this shit. And so I was, like, blocking it off on my work schedule. And then I was reading an email from the teacher, and she was like, and on our last day of school, June 3rd. like, fuck. That's in two weeks. What? Yeah. 
so yeah, that's so crazy. Summer is right around the corner. But the good news is that means that fall is also is like down the hall. Right. Fall is down the fall hall. Fall is down bitches. the hall, baby. I so all we have to do is survive this Northern California summer, which we will be going on two years of you guys listening to us complain about it. Um, and then it'll be the best time of year again. Yay. And I will cry with happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, anything else going on? I don't think so. No. Just the huge. My mom got me some cute Mother's Day nails. Nice. With, um, They're very classy, like, weed decals. Perfect. So, like, some are glitter with little weed leaves, and some are, like, gold leaf weed leaves. Cute. And, yeah. I thought that she went out of her way to shoot that. Like, thanks, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Cute. And then we were just talking about, before we started, I watched The Lost City. Oh, yeah. Which is the Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie. I can't wait to watch and it. And, like I said, and this is the best possible way, it's a great Sandra Bullock movie. Sandra Bullock <laughs> always makes good movies. Love a good Sandy. This Bull. is a this is a Sandra Bullock movie. It's great. It's Why can her and Keanu not just get married? I'm so obsessed know. with both of them. I know. And their chemistry is undeniable. Oh my god. <laughs> and then um Channing Tatum's super cute in this. Harry Potter's in it. He does a fantastic job. Brad Pitt's in it. He does a great job. So I love it. Good movie. Just a fun watch, you know. Not to take anything too seriously. Just a It's so funny. I feel like you flipped it on me because usually I'm like the stupid dumb review. Mm-hmm. And yeah, cut. but me and Sandy B go way back yeah. now. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm I've been down with her since Speed Days. Oh. That's my girl. I love that even she regrets being in Speed. Speed Two, two Cruise of <laughs> Destruction, or whatever it was. Cruise Control. I think it was Speed Two, Cruise Control. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. But listen, she hadn't popped off yet, so I know. you got to pay the bills. Oh, fuck. And then there was a time in my life where I would come home because, you know, me all hyper fixate on things. I would come home and watch Miss Congeniality on VHS every single day after school. Phenomenal movie. Yeah. They did a thing on um, TikTok where it was like one Sandra Bullock movie has to go. And I'm like, how could I ever choose between speed and Miss Congeniality? Or no, you have to only one can stay. Can stay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have to scrap all the Sandra Bullock (laughs) movies. Only one can stay. And I'm like, I guess I would pick speed, but. Only if you put a gun to my head and force me. Right. No, I, I'm absolutely, I'm 100% team speed, but that's because I'm getting Keanu. That's, I get to look at Keanu. You get both. It literally is what swayed me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, I get to look at Keanu. But then Miss Congeniality is so much more fun to watch every day. So the cop in Miss Congeniality, I think that that was our actor for Richard Ramirez. Oh, okay. I think so. We'll have to do a little Google search later and get back to you guys. That'd be yeah. pretty exciting. And we haven't had a follow-up in a while. Yeah. We'll do that follow-up. And what was one I just said a few minutes ago? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we never have follow-ups, B. Because we say we're going to do them and then we forget instantly. We're so dumb. All right, guys. Let's Before get... we forget anything else, let's do this. Let's do this. Because pretty soon I'm not going to be able to read my own handwriting oh, and then no. we're screwed. Um, so if you are listening, please follow along to our THC drinking game. If you're a, a longtime listener, you've probably already been playing because we've already hit a few, checked a few boxes so Absolutely. far in this episode. Please take a drink of whatever you're drinking anytime we are not in the pod shed. We cheers. We mention a badass big sister. We mention the USA hit TV show Monk. 
we spill something or we reference a past episode. Which, come on, guys. <laughs> We've already referenced past episodes. We've already cheers. Be already almost spilled. The likelihood of me spilling. It's so high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so high. All right, let's get into it. This is, I know the episode number this time, 70. Because how could you forget yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. last big, week was 69? Big 70. That's so crazy. How did we go so many episodes it just blows my mind well it should have been way more but we're such lazy fucks that we skip so many weeks no but just thinking like when we did such a big hitter like texas chainsaw like episode four yeah and then how we got here yeah because i realized that if we kept doing those big movies we were gonna (laughs) run out by episode 20 yeah and that's that's it though is the and really a shout out to lifetime for coming in clutch and saving this fucking podcast if lifetime ever wanted to throw a sponsor i would cry (laughs) Because we were your... You've really saved our podcast because if there's not a big movie made out of it, there's a good chance there's there's a a lifetime lifetime movie, baby. (laughs) All right. This week we are doing The Alphabet Murders and B is watched what? The Alphabet Killer? Correct. Which I've never heard of before. I know I knew about The Alphabet Murders. I had never heard of this movie before. Mm -hmm. 2008. Lovely. I got everything from a medium.com article written by Michael East. Um, of course, Wikipedia. Can't leave them out. I think I read another article, but it was just like the medium article. And then I listened to an episode of a podcast called Down the Rabbit Hole. How'd you hear about this one? Just a, again, just a search. Just Googling it. Yeah. Just doing the Googs. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I knew about the alphabet murders. I just didn't know. Um, first of all, I forgot a lot about them. Um, I forgot the ending for sure. And then um, I didn't know anything about the movie. I'd never even heard of the movie before. So are you ready? I am. Okay. Is, is that your listening face? <laughs> okay, perfect. Just making sure. <laughs> Stop making fun of my face. This is stupid face. Real quick, just to let you know what I saw on TikTok before we get started. Completely yes. sidetracked. Love a TikTok. Um, this guy takes whatever song you want and turns them into like wedding entrances. And so then somebody left in his comments that she is a production assistant on SpongeBob and she would love it if he could do a SpongeBob song. And he took Ripped My Pants and turned it into the most beautiful, melodic wedding entrance. And even because he'll show the timing, he's like, oh. the groom walks in and the grooms and then the everybody stands. I'm the wo- melting. It. And it sounds so good. And you have to be such a hardcore fan to hear it. I'm melting. If if they wouldn't have told me it was Rip My Pants, I would have never guessed. And then once you read it and you see it and you're like, oh, my God, that is Rip My Pants. Yeah. It was pretty magical. Did you have an entrance song? No, because we were just in Vegas. I think they just played whatever bullshit on the stereo. Do you remember what ours was? No, but I can tell you what my hairdresser's was. Oh, what was your hairdresser's? Well, you tell me yours first. Everything is awesome. Oh, yeah, I don't Lego remember. Movie. Uh-huh. I don't remember because I was officiating your wedding. Well, I was officiating Brittany's wedding, too, but I was probably in my head making sure that I got everything right. Yeah. I was also keeping your husband from a panic attack. Well, of course. Your husband, who can barely stand my existence, was like, give me a hug. Give me a hug. And I'm like, I don't want to get makeup. He's like, I don't care about the makeup. I really need you need- to, like, hug me right now. I need... Like, I was like, okay. I need to be just touched. breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be fine. No. Um, no, but uh, my friend Brittany, who also has a podcast, The Creep End, with her sister, and she does my hair, she uh, 
came down because you know she's she's younger than us she's a true millennial Mm -hmm. a younger millennial and so she's very like pop punk emo Mm -hmm. girl and so they came down to and she came down to an instrumental of um so this is growing up by blink 182 but it was like a fancy instrumental yeah i thought that was pretty cute Mm -hmm. you see they're getting married this weekend oh yeah of course Mm mm-hmm the Kardashians mm-hmm. and the Barkers. Everyone's there with their ugly outfits in Italy, ready to show up and show out, baby. <laughs> hey. Okay, should we for real talk for about real, the alphabet so murders? Like, get our shit together. All right. All right. Uh. <clears throat> November 16th, 1971, around 530 in the evening in Rochester, New York, the police start getting calls about a young girl naked from the waist down who is running down the freeway and trying to flag down cars on Interstate 490. She's obviously in distress, and she seems to be running from a brown-colored car, possibly a Ford Pinto, that is now backing up towards her. Mm-hmm. Although multiple people see this, no one stops to help, and they watch as a man forces her back into the car. Oh, my God. Although 38 witnesses saw this, they all kind of thought the same thing, which is it's a young girl having a temper tantrum. She's having some sort of mental breakdown. It's her dad trying to, like, fix the situation. Two hours later, 10-year-old Carmen Cologne is reported missing. Carmen Cologne is originally from Puerto Rico. Her family moved to kind of a poor area of Rochester, um, she lives with her grandparents. I'm unsure about her parents' involvement because some stuff you read, they mention her parents. Some stuff, they don't mention her parents at all. But she definitely lives with her grandparents and um, her aunts and uncles and everybody are also a part of her life. Okay. Late that afternoon, Carmen was supposed to go to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription for her grandmother. Uh, errand that she often did either with her grandpa or her uncle. And she lately had been asking to like, do it alone and they finally conceded the pharmacy isn't too far away from her house and they were like okay she's getting older yep she can go on her own she goes to the pharmacy the prescription isn't ready she spends a lot of time talking to the pharmacist who obviously knows her you know she's a neighborhood girl and eventually she kind of just like runs out of time because the prescription still isn't ready And she's like i gotta go because it's getting late she knows that she needs to like walk home and she's Mm -hmm. all alone So she leaves and she is seen a few minutes later getting into this tan or brown Ford Pinto. Two days later, after searching for Carmen, her body is found in a ditch near the freeway by two teenagers. She's still partially nude and she's found in the town of Churchville. Her coat is 30 yards away And her pants are found further down the freeway near this like drainage ditch, which is kind of where she was seen running from that area onto the interstate. Gotcha. And that's where they that's where she was seen. So they find her pants there. They find her coat not too far from her body. It looks as though her body had kind of been thrown from the car. She's suffered a fractured skull and multiple scratches um, she has been raped and she's been strangled to death. 
the news hits hard. The newspapers immediately offer a reward of $2,500, but the local businesses and neighbors also donate money for the reward, and that brings it up to $6,000, which is $40,000 in today's money. Wow. I just thought that was very sweet because, again, she comes from a poor area yeah. of Rochester. And, like, I just like the idea of the neighbors and everybody, Absolutely. like, pitching in. The neighborhood is showing up and putting out and trying to really get the attention. The police interrogate several people, including kind of, like, known pedophiles. Again, this is the early 70s. So you have to remember, like, people were known for being pedophiles and still just kind of lived amongst the neighborhood. It was always, like, don't go to so-and-so's house. Weird Tommy's house, yeah. you know? And it was just kind of, a, it was a much more This is the day open of thing where your teacher now. kid, like, or don't trust a stranger with candy, like... Yeah, because they were just out and among us. Yeah. So they interviewed several people, including like known local creepsters, but they're all cleared. And by the end of December, only three detectives are left on the case. It's kind of going nowhere. They got nothing to work with. So they put up five billboards on the side of a busy Rochester freeway. The billboards include Carmen's picture, along with underneath it, it says, do you know who killed Carmen Cologne? And the $6,000 reward is posted as well as an anonymous phone tip line mm-hmm. that you can call and leave any tips you may know anonymously. Okay. But over time, as nothing happens, people kind of begin to forget a bit about Carmen. Time goes on. About 17 months, actually, go on until April 2nd, 1973, when 11-year-old Wanda Walkowitz never comes home from an errand she was running again she was running an errand for her mom she was going to go grocery shopping at a local deli i believe she was even getting cupcakes because it was her sister's birthday the next day okay and same thing she checks out around 5 15 is what the owner said is when she checks out her groceries he also knows wanda because again this is their local deli this is in their neighborhood right. she's a neighborhood girl And so he talks to her for a while. She loads everything up and she walks out um, a little bit after 5.15. And the store owner remembers that she left. She went out the door and turned the way that she would if she was walking home. Mm -hmm. So she was headed home. Three hours later, her mother reports her missing. This is so like Carmen's disappearance that the police jump on this shit immediately. Well, that's a good response. Okay. They get 50 detectives out there searching a five-mile radius, but there is no sign of Wanda. Many neighbors, though, saw Wanda walk home. They even noted that she was, like, struggling to carry her groceries. Um, Of course, none of them stopped to help. These fucking people, I can't. Schoolmates actually report seeing um, her, like, struggle trying to, like, hold the groceries up against a fence and just like just kind of struggling with all these groceries they don't stop to help but they do notice a brown ford pinto driving up behind wanda this time it only takes detectives one day to find wanda's body 10 15 a.m the next day her body is found in a town called webster she is actually fully clothed and she's found at the bottom of a hill Again, looked like she was thrown from a moving vehicle about seven miles from Rochester. She, too, has been raped and strangled. Now, redressing her is a good thing because when the perpetrator put clothes back on Wanda, 
um, forensics found um, some white cat hair on her Ooh, clothes. Okay. And her family doesn't own a cat. Gotcha. So that's that's a good little piece of evidence. They start up another anonymous phone line. They post flyers everywhere. And now the reward is up to $10,000. I don't know what that is. I didn't look it up in today's money. So two big witnesses come forward. One saw Wanda walking about a half mile from her home, standing next to a brown, brown Ford Pinto talking to the driver. Mm-hmm. The second... Um, saw a man along that same road between the hours of five and six. And he saw that man eventually force a girl into a tan or brown colored car. And that's it. There's no other leads on Wanda's case. Okay. November 26, 1973. So now we're almost two years exactly mm-hmm. to the disappearance of Carmen. Mm-hmm. 11-year-old Michelle Menza. Goes missing. Her mom calls her in missing. She never arrived home from school. At the end of that school day, around 3.15, Michelle told uh, people at school that she was on her way to a shopping center to pick up some purse that her mom had like left at a store the day before. Within 10 minutes, witnesses saw Michelle in the passenger seat of a brown Ford Pinto crying and the car was driving high speeds down these like neighborhood streets around 5 30 a man driving down the highway about 19 miles from rochester sees a man standing by a brown car with a flat tire on the side of the road on the side of the highway and so actually being a good samaritan he pulls over to see if he needs help this man is holding a girl by the wrist tightly, not letting her really like get away from him. And he said that as soon as he pulled up, this guy like made sure to like step to the side and stand in front of his license plate and basically was just acting really weird and evasive and just stared down the guy in the car until he finally just got so weirded out that he drove away. Creepy. Of course, after Michelle's disappearance, the guy put two and two together informed police and the great news is is that now we have a composite sketch because he can give a description he was sitting there staring at this dude for minutes on end right so now we have a description we have a sketch and two days later the body of michelle is found again fully dressed in a town called macedon and she's laying face down in a ditch this is about 15 miles from rochester she's suffered blunt force trauma to the head She's been raped. She's been strangled. And they find more cat hair on her clothing. They also find a partial palm print on her neck and semen on her clothes. They also, at her autopsy, discover the contents in her stomach, which is a hamburger, which is very interesting because they had been reported in the tip line of a man and a girl fitting their descriptions, eating at like a fast food restaurant around 430. Okay. And they kind of dismissed it because what did they need to know that for? Mm -hmm. But that did help them now that they know that she did have hamburger in her stomach that, you know, kind of helps them piece together the timeline. Okay, I guess they could be figuring out like what direction he's going based on. Yeah. If you guys haven't already put it together, all three of these girls have a lot in common. Some stuff I haven't even mentioned yet. But we'll start with the letters, right? Each of their names, their first C-C-W-M-M. and last names are the same letter. Mm-hmm. Yep. C-C-W-W-M-N-M. And they were all found in towns or counties that start with that letter. Mm-hmm. 
They're all around the same age. They all were from kind of struggling, poorer Catholic families. Mm -hmm. They all were struggling themselves, meaning they had had some sort of upheaval in their home, some sort of trauma. They were outsiders at school. They were dealing with bullies. All three girls kind of were just having troubles in life in general. Yeah. They, of course, were all walking by themselves around the same time. They were going to and from these like errands that they were running. And then, of course, after they had been taken, they were all taken in the same car. Actually, all three of them had been fed after being abducted. They all found contents in their stomach that are things that they hadn't been known to eat that day or that um, was in their stomach from around the time of, you know, Mm -hmm. kidnapping. They've all been raped and they've all been strangled from behind, which is very interesting because usually that's a sign of somebody who can't look the person in the face. Yeah. Because either they feel guilty or they know the person. Right. This just leads them to wonder who it could be, obviously, but meaning like how did this guy, because a couple of the girls were seen getting into the car voluntarily or at least voluntarily talking to this guy. So they're wondering, there's so much that these girls have in common with their like social economic status and with their struggles in their personal lives that like maybe this could be a counselor, could be a social worker. Uh They're all Catholic. It could be like a religious leader. It could be somebody that these girls all know Mm -hmm. and therefore like inherently trust at least at first to get them to like come talk to him. Right. And then they were all left in the same manner, thrown from a car, left basically in ditches, all close to highways for like fast getaways. Mm -hmm. Now, countless tips start pouring in. The police question over 800 potential suspects. Obviously, they've put together they have a serial killer and they get absolutely nothing from all that questioning, (laughs) all those tips. They have nothing to go on. It is interesting to me that past detectives and um, more current detectives all feel that the initials have probably nothing to do with it. What? They feel like it's a coincidence that the level of like stalking and knowledge and like research that would go into it would be too much for a person. And they think that the initials are just a quinky dink. Shut your face. Wow. Wow. The public disagrees, by the way. Yeah, very much so. Thank you. All right. So. Because even if it was just the girls' names, that's one thing. The names and the town slash counties? That's wild. Yeah. That not having a relevance, that's just like not believing in UFOs and aliens. Now, we haven't had one of these in a while, but this is an unsolved case. Oh. They never solved it. Mm -hmm. But I have our list of potential suspects Mm -hmm. the hot suspects coming in coming in hot do you have one i have two that i favor okay so the first the first og suspect right off the top Mm -hmm. right from the beginning day one is carmen's uncle miguel he's very close to carmen um right before carmen's death he bought a car that matches the description of the car used in the kidnappings And when they searched his car, um, he had just coincidentally had just cleaned it like hardcore with like detergent, like cleaned, cleaned, cleaned it. Of course. A brand new car. What are you cleaning a brand new car for? And they also found one of Carmen's dolls in the back seat. 
His family instantly jumped to support him. He would never do that. The toy is in there because he was with Carmen and not just Carmen, though, his other nieces and nephews so much. It's, you know, they're a big family. They spend a lot of time together. Miguel then leaves the country after telling a friend that he had to leave because he, quote unquote, did something bad in Rochester, where he goes back to his home in Puerto Rico. Detectives follow him to Puerto Rico, where they find out that he's not staying with a family member. He's actually in the jungle, like ran to the jungle, like camping. What? Yeah, because the local papers had printed the story on Miguel and the fact that detectives were there. Detectives had landed to question him. The local paper. So ran he's out. hiding out in the jungle. So he runs to the jungle for a while. Wow. So then the te- detectives go, "Okay, you want to play games?" Yeah. Okay. So the detectives okay. get the newspaper to run a story. It's a false story that they have taken in Miguel's mother for questioning and are interrogating her on the whereabouts of her son and blah, 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 which is not true. But it is enough to lure him out of the jungle and come back to Rochester for questioning to save his mom. Incredible. Oh, my God. I love that we're just fleeing to the fucking jungles now. He, of course, denies everything. And quite frankly, besides those couple of substantial evidences, is, is, there's really nothing else they can hold him on. Okay. So he's kind of, I don't know if he's crossed off the suspect list, but, you know, he's let go. It's there's more nothing s- to arrest him on. And it's more so like, well, where's the connection to the others? Right. Besides the car. Right. Absolutely. On a side note, it is to be said that Miguel is not up to snuff as Monk would say. Mm. Oh, Monk. In 1991, he did kill himself after having a domestic violence situation that led to him shooting his wife and his brother. Oh, rough. I think they might have survived. No, I think he killed him. Wow. And then he shot himself. So whether he did it or not, he's definitely unhinged. Yeah, it was a bad situation. Now we have. You know what? I'll skip it and I'll go to another suspect that I am not as sold on. Oh, I like the order. I prefer. So there's another guy named Kenneth. He was an ice cream worker in Rochester at that same time. In 1976, he moves to California and becomes half of a duo we haven't done yet, which is the Hillside Stranglers, (gasps) who are serial rapists and murderers. He has always denied his involvement with the Alphabet Murders um but he's a fucking psychopath so So, you know i don't know if you want to listen to that guy but he did have the same type of car when he was living in rochester but other than that there is no evidence to charge him with anything okay but he is a fucking sociopathic serial killer so there's him okay now we have my two top suspects in no particular order 25 year old rochester firefighter dennis He's also known as the garage rapist because he is convicted for raping at least at least 14 teenage girls from 1971 to 1973, which are the same years as our alphabet murder, 71 to 73. He also had a bit like a beige or brown vehicle. And five weeks after Michelle died, who was the last girl to die, Dennis is actually caught trying to kidnap another teen girl with a gun 
But our girl starts screaming so loud and making such a big fuss that it scares him off. And he leaves her. Real quick, any of these girls have, like, matching... They didn't give a name for Dennis's girls. Okay. But, um... So, in that case, if we're talking about Dennis, because he's raped so many girls... Yeah. In that case, maybe the initials are just a coincidence. Uh Uh-huh. If he's the one doing it, because he's... It does... He's just going for it. Yeah. So then it becomes like a matter of numbers yeah. where it's like at some point that's going to happen. So she starts screaming, scares him off. He then later kidnaps another girl. But this time the police catch him and pursue him until it ends with him killing himself. Mm. Um, they search his car and find white cat hair in his mm. car. And he also lived about a half mile away from Michelle. And they found in his car a map of the area where her body was found. He's also, like I said, a firefighter. They found his uniform in the car, which could lead to the girls trusting him at first Uh because he's a firefighter. uh In 2007, his body's finally exhumed and they get a DNA sample from it. And he's crossed off the suspect list because it does not match the DNA found on Wanda's body. But there's never any DNA found on Carmen or Michelle's, so they can't test anything for their bodies. He's just not a fit for Wanda's. Well, that just... Okay. Our last suspect, April 11th, 2011, police arrest 77-year-old Joseph Nasso and charge him with the alphabet murders of California. 77. He's convicted of murdering 14 women, all sex workers. Many of them have the same first and last initials Mm -hmm. of their names, including a woman named Carmen Cologne, who has no relation to the original Carmen. Oh, come on. Yeah. He would offer them a ride in his car and... He that's how he would like lure the sex workers in is offer them a ride in his car. He is also originally from Rochester where he lived during the original alphabet murders. He was a Rochester resident. But again, the police cleared him because his DNA did not match the DNA found on Wanda's body. So that's it. It's still unsolved. I'm putting my money on the last one. The last one. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I kind of put my money on Dennis. On the firefighter? Mm-hmm. Because wow. the cat hair. Oh, yeah. The fact that he had cat hair, too. Okay. And then maybe the initials really are a... Oh, Because he was putting up such big numbers. The, I don't know anything about this, so I'll keep it brief. I will say that there was a book written in the, I think, 1930s, a fictional book with this as the premise, that there is a serial killer out there killing people with the double initials. And that's, so there is a chance that these psychopaths are taking inspiration from that book. Yeah. Um, so it's not like that original of an idea. Yeah. But yeah, I could see that Dennis guy doing it because they said at least 14. That means that there could be a lot more that they just couldn't pin him down for uh-huh. or that he's not willing to admit. Uh-huh. And once you start putting up those kind of in, in a three year span, that's, yeah. once you start putting up those kind of numbers, it could just be totally coincidental that their names were the same initials. Even the location, though. It's really, it's not the initials. It's the location. But yeah, like you said. So there you go. The alphabet murders. All right. 
Well, let me top you off. Do it, baby. Hmm, that's frustrating. I know. I always, I never like it when it's an unsolved case. And so many, like, suspects, not suspects, though, you know? Just like the Zodiac Killer. Remember how many suspects we had for the Zodiac Killer? Yeah. And they all had, like, a smoking gun piece of evidence where you're like, yeah, sounds like it's him. And then there was something that, like, crossed them off the list. The way you make sure things are even, it's like you would have been raised with siblings. It's almost a sibling level of evenness, which other people who have been raised with siblings totally get that reference. If you were raised with siblings, especially closer in age, me, my siblings are so much younger than me, that would be absolutely insane for me to do. But like kids who are close together, like my oldest two, they will damn near get a measuring tape out and be like, mm, you have a quarter of an inch more juice than I do. I don't know why I do things the way I do. My brain is its own TikTok. All right. TikTokity. Give me that alphabet killer. I can't. We brought up TikTok. Now I have to ask you. I saw a TikTok that said that there's like a crazy percent of people in this world that don't hear like an inner monologue. Yes, I've heard that. That shit blows my fucking. What do they do? They just walking around empty headed? Just quiet. Could you imagine just quiet? Yeah. Oh. <gasps> Sometimes my inner monologue leaks out of my face, like out of my mouth. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, oh, everybody. I was just supposed to be thinking that. <laughs> the other day at the salon, it was like quiet. Um, me and another girl didn't have a client. The owner was working on somebody, but they weren't really talking. And the song Caught a Vibe came on mm, by Willow Smith. Yes. And in my household, what you normally do with me and my big kids is we only sing to caught a vibe. Yeah. So like the song will be going and then we'll just super loud be like, caught a vibe. vibe. And that's like almost like an inside joke. And I forgot I was at work and I did it super loud. <laughs> and everyone stopped and looked at me and I'm like, oh, sorry, everybody. I forgot I was here and not at and home. Not where my family and I do absurd things. It's so funny. Yeah, that and Olivia, is it Olivia Rodrigo? The red lights, stop signs. Maybe. The driver's license song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my kids, we scream the red light part, but that's okay. it. Just we that. sing along to nothing else, but, but the red light part mm -hmm. will scream at the top of our lungs. See, and that's funny because out of that whole song, I, it's the one part I don't really. I mean, it's the, it's the big drop. Oh, okay. it, It's like the big drop of the song. Oh, well. Anyways, the point is, yes, sometimes my inner monologue just comes out for and everyone to other hear. Other people just have nothing. Silence. I don't know if that would be more stressful or less stressful. I know. I can't decide either. <sighs> Drop a comment. Let us know. Do you have an inner monologue? And, and how if do you, you feel, don't, how do you feel about it? How do you feel? Are you just walking around in glorious silence? Yeah. Because <sighs> even when I'm in silence, I'm not in silence. No, I need of like not. a fan. I need like yeah. white noise. So just the idea of just. And also, is that why we can keep ourselves entertained? Like, we have no problem being alone. Seriously. Our is it because we're talking circus. to ourselves in our minds? And is that because of our trauma as child? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's really get deep about it. Could it be. 
But I just oh. wonder, like, if you have no inner monologue, do you feel comfortable, like, going out to lunch by yourself? Or are you just sitting there in silence? No. could. Oh, my God. Sitting at a restaurant. That's by, what I mean. Because I. By yourself in I have fucking no, silence. I have no problem going out to eat by myself. But me and myself are thinking about all kinds of stuff. We're judging or everyone like, around us. When we're thinking you're, about our food. When you're reading a fucking book. Yeah. In silence. Mm hmm. No, I'm hearing myself. Yeah, you hear it. Reading that book. Not only do I hear it, I hear the voices of the of characters. The, yeah. I hear the background noises. Wow. So then some people don't have yeah. that. I don't know if they just visualize it. But yeah, I hear it in my head. So I do feel like we're the fortunate one. I'm going to go with yes. Sorry, you silent thinkers. On to the unfortunate ones. Uh-oh. We hear a woman's voice. Mostly, the job is to ask questions, but the people you really want to talk to are dead. Then we see a young girl, Carla Castillo, oh. between the age of 10 to 13-ish. They don't really ever say. I'm just ballparking. Yeah. Get into a car with someone she appears to know. Is it a brown car? It is not. Oh. It is a blue car. It's like a blue sedan. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay brown blue and we're talking about initials right right, there's no struggle no look of question on her face like it's clear that she knows this person but it is not long before we see her running down the side of the highway in churchville Mm -hmm. the blue car following her is the same car we see that picked her up we see other cars going by there is clearly no sign of help, so she kind of cuts into the woods. She hides behind a tree before she's grabbed from behind, and then the next time we see her, she's lying dead in an open field. Oh. On the scene. Do you know who's in it? No, I don't know anything about it. What I sent you is everything I know about it, which is just the movie poster. Girl! Detective Megan Page. Played by Eliza Dushku, our girl Faith. If you're a hardcore fan, you know we are Buffy till we die. Whoa, I didn't even know she was still doing anything. Well, I guess she was a while ago. (laughs) Yeah, that was like right after Buffy, like ended for an angel ended for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eliza Dushku. Well, God bless her. And Detective Ken Shine, played by Carrie Ells who is Dr. Gordon in the first Saw movie. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Shine and Dushku are more than partners in crime. They're partners in the bed. You know it. They're engaged. They're fiancés. And Shine can sense like something's up with Dushku. She seems really on edge. She blames it on too much coffee. Girl. Okay. Bitch. Come on, coffee. How dare you bring coffee into this? While they find Carla fully clothed, her clothes are covered in cat hair. Her underwear are found a few feet away on a branch covered in blood. The killer raped her and then used the underwear to strangle her. Was that ever the case in Mm -hmm. any? No. Okay. No, I think one of them, I think the original Carmen, he used a belt they were thinking or some sort of something like that and then the other two was his hands Mm. three months later they still haven't found the killer and no one else has been murdered 
so they're forced to believe that it was a one-time thing. But Detective Dushku knows better. She knows it's a serial killer. She can feel it in her gut. And she cannot deny the connection between the matching initials and the location. It's like a 2% chance. I know. I was thinking about trying to do the math and then I, I didn't know how to do they that. Are, but like, In the movie, they're calling it a 2% probability of the initials and the location. Okay, perfect. But being the only woman officer on the force. What do you know, you dumb broad? It's shocking when no one listens to her. Mm-hmm. She goes to speak with Carla's father at a bar, hoping to find new information that might help the case. Carla's father, kind of basic, not so basic, is Barkeep Hank. Oh, God. Who might be remembered as Sergeant Danny Weaver from 2009 episode Mr. Monk and the Bad. Yes. Hey. Boop, 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 boop. Two, that's two weeks in a row. Uh, two weeks in a row. Mr. Monk. All right. Drinky, drinky. Okay. We learn that Mr. and Mrs. Castillo are separated. Carla shares her time between their two separate homes. Carla has always worn a St. Philomena necklace, which is the saint of children, like they watch over children or whatever. But according to Dushku, the necklace was never found. At Carla's mom's house, while searching Carla's bedroom, Dushku finds a small cross carved into the floorboard underneath Carla's bed and she's like laying down on the floor and like tracing it with her finger Mm -hmm. when she has this weird fucking like vision like hallucination I don't know what you want to call it but it's um like a vision of someone like grabbing her hand and like trying to pull her from underneath the bed interesting you think they did that just trying to make it scarier well so here's what's interesting she spirals in the case. She's got this attic where she has like a makeshift office where she's fixated 24-7, like piecing clues together on her own. Yep. To the point where even her fiance is like, hey, you like going to come to bed tonight? Yeah. Or is the classic obsessed detective? You're, you're pulling another all nighter mm-hmm. kind of a situation. So everyone can see the hold it has on her and she is released from the team. Yes, this is very much like the killing and like the chestnut man. She goes home that night feeling like a failure and she cuts her wrists. All right. I'm getting a little Fortunately, dramatic. her fiance finds her and she goes to the hospital where she is diagnosed with early onset schizophrenia. Early onset? Because she's like young. Schizophrenia? I don't know. It's like a... a Okay. I, I don't know. I didn't know that there was like an age. I guess, right? It's not like Alzheimer. Right. But I guess it's like because of the way that it came or maybe because it was so rapid. I don't know. Oh, yeah. maybe Or maybe it's in the early stages. Okay. Maybe. So it's two years later. We see her in a support group for people struggling with mental illness. There's a group leader. Richard, played by Timothy Hutton, who's super famous, but not related to anything we've ever talked about on the podcast. 
He caused a car crash that resulted in him being confined to a wheelchair. And then Dushku is telling her whole story about her failure to solve Carla's case. And because of that uh, and her obsession with the case, it brought on her disease and cost her her job and her fiancé. When it seems like she's ready to let go and move on, they find a body by the train track. Wendy Walsh. Even though she's no longer an acting officer, she still works for the police department in the record-keeping office, I guess. And so she finds out about the body. And obviously, as soon as she sees the name and the fact that the body was found in Webster, New York, 30 miles away from where Wendy would have lived. Yeah. Sure, it's freaking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was cat hair at the scene. Oh, my gosh. I love that they kept the cat hair. Mm-hmm. Her former partner, fiance, has since been promoted to captain, goes to remind her that she's no longer authorized to investigate on the case. But she, of course, convinces him that they need her help and she's brought on as a consultant. Because Wendy was kidnapped 30 miles away from where the murder took place, we're dealing with... Two different police jurisdictions. yeah, we know how this goes. Our favorite thing, if you know from episodes like 23, 41. (laughs) (laughs) So many. Police even make a joke in the movie like, like, oh, rest assured, they're going to cooperate with us. And they're like all scoffing and laughing in the movie. Wine sip. The officer assigned to work with Dushku is less than thrilled thinking her mental illness is going to endanger the credibility of their case. I mean, it's a fair point. It is. Also, I'd like to mention that her being an ex-police but brought on as a, what did you say she was? Consultant. Is very much like with all of her mental health problems. Monk. That's Monk. Oh, because remember, Monk's not a police officer anymore. Well, you're really going to be surprised when they get a call from a homeless man who saw Wendy's abduction. And apparently it's a common role because he played bearded man on Mr. Monk. Oh and God. the missing guy. Monk is all over Monk this episode. Place. So we're going to cheers to this Fuck shit. Fuck yeah, because dude. That's so many monks. So many monks so. in one sode. <laughs> this is M is for monks. The name. <laughs> you killed it. That even sounds like a monk title. I can't. Oh, you absolutely killed it. That is right. <laughs> and Mr. Monk, didn't we say that our secret number seven slot should be whenever yeah, we name is, it? That is absolutely. Mm-hmm. We did it. <laughs> he saw Wendy get into a blue car, but doesn't recall the maker model. Feeling stuck with no leads, um, Dushku manages to find a connection between the two girls. Carl Tanner, played by Bill Mosley. We can remember him from his roles in the 1986 Texas Chainsaw, the 2013 Texas Chainsaw, the 2017 Halloween remake, oh my and most importantly, as Otis in 2005 does Devil's Rejects and 2003 House of a Thousand Corpses. So yeah. come on now, Bill. We're talking about horror movie royalty on, right now. Bill. 
Apparently, Carl was interviewed for being Carla's caseworker, and he's also Wendy's dad's cousin. Okay, so we're tying in a bunch of stuff. Is he creepy as fuck? No. Okay. We go to pay him a visit. He is working as an after-school program counselor for disadvantaged youths, and he is very clearly not our guy. Oh, okay. It, it's it's like once they go and see him, it's like, no. We then see Dushku and her new partner, um, like, get the cold shoulder from officers in Webster at the same time that a little girl named Melissa Mastros is being bullied on her way home after school. Because of her name, the kids are like, you're next. Oh, and immediately followed, we see the police being formed that she's gone missing and her body is then found under a bridge. I do wonder about when this is all happening in Rochester, New York. At what point do you stop sending your daughters out for errands? Mm-hmm. Not to victim blame. I know that they come from very poor, like working families. And at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. But I feel like until they caught somebody, I would just keep my girls a little tighter. And there's one of the girls, and I can't remember who it was, so I didn't want to mention it. One of the girls who are not Carmen, it was either Wanda or Michelle, um, had an encounter with the guy beforehand, and she was like with her cousin or something, okay. and they ran away. And she yeah. told her mom, hey, this creepy guy oh. was like following us. And she was like, okay, and can the- you go? Oh, I think it was Michelle. Cause she's like, okay, great. Can you go get my purse tomorrow after school? I left it at this store. Oh. And it's just like, yeah, you don't want a victim blame, but at the same time, like how many red flags do you need to like keep your kid home? Mm-hmm. Also a story real quick. I forgot about the case. I will mention Ooh. the guy came into the police station and what? they he came in, um, I believe after Michelle's murder and, might have been Wanda's. I'm not sure. It was either Wanda or Michelle's because there was flyers everywhere and every, the whole town was talking and whatever. And he came in to ask if they had heard anything about if they had any new leads in the case. Okay. And the person on the um, who did we get a descri- who did we get a description from? Uh, Michelle, right? Because they they stopped yeah, 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 and they yeah, saw yeah. and they the had a tire. sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a guy walked into the police station, asked if they had any um, new leads on you know the case. And the, the guy working at the desk was like, no, but if you know anything, here's our tip line number. And then as he's walking out, the police officer looked over at the sketch and was like, oh, fuck, and ran out. No and the guy was way. driving away in a no. brown Ford sedan. Oh, if you're that fucking guy. Yeah. I forgot about that story. But oh, yeah. that's my favorite part of the podcast. I know, but you didn't say anything to remind me. I just forgot. But it doesn't matter. It Something sparked. Yeah. And I'm going to say it was it was Monk. It was Monk. It was Monk. My inner Monk came out and I started to remember all the fine details. Wow. I love that. I love that so much for us. I know. I don't love it for that cop, though. That's a rough one. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's like when you're in the Super Bowl and it's the field goal and you miss. Well, and we got to do we're doing this case shortly, so I won't say too much or even who it is. But there's a case of a kidnapping where the um, parental figure in the girl's life sees it happen and he tries to chase after the guy and can't catch up Mm -mm. and i'm just like oof just throw myself in front of a train now right how oh gross anyways back to our movie wherever that was where am i 
Um, okay. Okay. We see Dushku call seeking guidance from Richard. The what? It's kind of like her AA person. What like are a those? support person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's afraid that she's losing control of her disease. And then on her police scanner, she overhears that a girl by the name of Elizabeth Eckers is being held hostage. And she rushes to the scene. When she arrives, she's informed that the owner of the house where Elizabeth is being held belongs to Len Schaefer. He plays a piece of shit in the 2010 remake of Nightmare on Elm Street that the, I you talk hate. about on episode 27. That you absolutely hated. Nightmare on Elm Street was episode 27 and we're on episode 70. Well, think about it. Episode 27 was your first birthday. Well, that's what I'm saying. But we've already had a second birthday since But that's then. like, that's what blows my mind. Yeah. That's... But then if you look at podcasts who actually do it every week and they're like on episode a million. Right. So what doesn't line up for Dushku is Elizabeth is 19. Right. The other. Older. Co- yeah. Uh-huh. She's a college student and she doesn't go by Elizabeth. She goes by Beth. Mm. No one ever calls her by her full name. Right. Police, on the other hand, are convinced that this is their guy, and when they get the chance, they shoot him mm-hmm. on the spot. Case closed. Right. And the nightly news is happy to report, like, we got him. Mm-hmm. We got the alphabet killer. Now that the Webster Police Department have the credit that they always wanted for finding the murderer, they decide to help her and um, release stuff that they never gave her while the case was going on. So according to the sheriff, they know Len was the killer because his car was the right color. Oh, perfect. The girl had the matching initials and they found cat hair at the scene. Okay. Okay. Immediately when Dushku hears that, she knows he's lying because at the scene, there was nothing to back up the claim of the cat, right? Like no food, no litter box, like nothing would indicate that a cat was living at that house. Interesting. It's like they planted the cat hair. Why would they do that? Right. Also, it's hard because then she also has the second guessing herself of like, am I crazy? For sure. She can't prove anything. While walking through town, she bumps into said barkeep we mentioned earlier. And I guess they never thought to question him. And he lets her know that Carla and her dad got into a huge fight before she went missing. And she hadn't been around the place in like months leading up to her disappearance. Okay. So Dushku goes to ask Carla's dad about this, and he admits that his drinking had gotten so out of hand, he decided it was best that Carla spend her time with his mom mm-hmm. instead of with him. Okay. <clears throat> Dushku asks why Carla's mom wouldn't know about this, and he says it's because his mom and his ex-wife don't have a good relationship. He's like, my mom's super Catholic. Carla's mom would never be down for this. And on Tuesdays, Carla would go to St. Michael's Church. And St. Michael's Church is the connection for all three girls. Okay. 
Without approval from the department, Dushku goes to speak with the father of the church. I call him Father McCreepy. Oh. He has a shrine of the three dead girls in his office. He likes to remember his fallen angels. Mm. Oh. This, combined with the stress of the case, it's all too much. Dushku suffers another schizophrenic episode in the church and ends up in the hospital. When she wakes up, she's convinced the priest is guilty of the murderers, and she escapes by breaking the security guard's arms and then heads to Richard's house, knowing that her house is going to be surrounded by cops. Right. That's her safe spot. Now, remember, Richard's in a wheelchair because of his accident from earlier. Dushku wakes up in Richard's apartment in the middle of the night to the sound of a cat's meow. (gasps) Oh, my God. Here comes the big twist. She follows the cat to Richard's room, but he's not there. Instead, she finds a book from the church that lists him as a counselor at the same time the three girls attended. Oh, my God. He's been right under her nose the whole time. Her best friend, her confidant. And the person that she's like, I mean, talking to the case about. So then it's like he has a has a leg up. Yeah. No pun intended. He is clearly not, I guess, paralyzed, right? right? Yeah. He knocks Dushku out, secures her wrists, drags her to the back of a car where she finds Carla's pendant necklace, which she uses to cut the restraints. When Richard goes to get her from the back seat, she makes a run for it. They're at some weird, like, abandoned factory in the middle of nowhere. So there's, like, a struggle. She gets his gun. She shoots him. He falls into a river, but we don't know if he's dead. Right. He's just gone. She fucking loses it. <laughs> right? here. This is too much. Another episode. She's wandering up and down this riverbed, just shooting. Like, now's not the time to lose it, like, sis. Like, just shooting everything. Just shooting and screaming and crying because she, at this point, is hearing all the dead missing girls' voices, mm-hmm. and she's visioning them, yeah. like like the whole thing. She's she's in a living nightmare. Yeah, with these girls. Here we are stumbling up and down this riverbed in the middle of nowhere. Ends up yet again in the hospital. Where she is found delusional, violent, and resistant to treatment. When her ex-fiance goes to visit her, she can't even speak. She's so heavily medicated and they have to keep her restrained so she doesn't try to break out. And while she's in there, she keeps hearing the voices of all the murdered girls and seeing their dead bodies. And then we see a very happy and healthy Richard attending a church service sitting next to a young girl. Oh, lovely. And this is where you cleared up for me. The movie ends with like two brief notes that in 2006, police exhumed a fireman's body and cleared him as a suspect. I'm like, why even mention that? Right. Well, it has nothing to do. No with one's it. ever brought it up before now. And to date, the killer has never been found. Fantastic. So. 
Dun, dun, dun. I feel like they kept it pretty, you know, for a movie. I agree. I really <clears throat> don't like the mental illness twist. Aspect. I really don't. And they did such a poor job of it. And because it was like 2008, like it was so like sexist and like the jokes and. Yeah. I can even picture being 2008. I can even picture how it was shot. Like yeah. I can picture the style of movie. Yeah. I'm picturing like a stigmata. I'm picturing like a, um, oh, like a domino. No, you're, you're picturing it right. Yeah. No, for sure. And that, so it's not a great movie. Okay. I do appreciate the facts that they tried to like pull in. And yeah. for that, I will give it a three. Okay. I'll give it a solid three. It's not a good movie. Okay. And it's not good acting. Like if you were not comparing it to a case, it would be a lesser rating. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. All right. Fair enough. Now, as far as <clears throat> my look of the week goes. You kept mentioning like the the poster. So basically, I'm like one of the girls. Oh, were they on the poster? Uh huh. And it's like their face. Oh, yeah, this is look- very interesting. We've never done this before. Uh huh. Yeah. We've so. really been getting creative the past I, few episodes. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to come up with some new looks. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. like, how many detectives can you do? And how many like dead girls can you do? Exactly. And so when I Google image for this movie. It's really, it's Detective Eliza Dushku. And it's like, I'm not, I I don't have brown hair. I'm not going to like pretend to be a detective in your backyard. Again. (laughs) And then there's these three girls and they're all like young girls and they just look dead and like possessed. And I'm like, we've done possessed. Oh, so many times. So many times. I'm like, so I'm going to try to go with this this is fun mm-hmm. now i couldn't figure out which eye we're gonna end up having to do and that's why i went with the whole face perfect and that's why i figure if you're gonna take a picture of me with my giant goblet of drink yeah of drink you should really appreciate uh, the effort that went in so i love most of all we got multiple monk references so many Two weeks in a row. I can't believe it. We are monk monking it out. Wow. So that's maybe we can keep this monk train a rolling. That'd be so exciting. And having faith in there, that's amazing. And the, I'm no, I was really excited. I wasn't sure if you were gonna know about that or not. Nope. Mm-hmm. I know nothing. Cause yeah, I looked at Nick and I'm like, you might even know like this week. I'm like the alphabet killer. I'm like Timothy. Hutton, Eliza Dushku, and he's like, oh, he's like, I love Eliza Dushku, but no, I have no idea. And he's like, I might watch it. And I'm like, eh. Eh, listen, I don't want you to hold it against me after you watch it. Like, oh, you told me to do this. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, what a what a what a great week. Yeah. Another week wrapped up. Another one. Another one. Another one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It's 521. I think the next time we do this, I think maybe school will be out. Summer will be started. Okay. Right? So we have one episode before our anniversary. Yeah. <clears throat> we should have two. Two? Okay. We'll look at the calendar. Yeah. We might have to skip a week to make it work. Yeah. We'll figure we'll it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But yeah, anniversary sode is coming up. That's the two year anniversary. I'm very excited. I already know what case we're doing for that. Yeah. That's- um, 
But, you know, if you want to leave us a, a comment or a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. And a recommendation. If you listen again next week, we'd really appreciate it. To see all pictures, of course, you can go to THC Podcast on Instagram and check us out. And we love you and thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Buenas noches.